Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All The Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. Joining me, John Valenzuela. Hi. How's it going, Here Levins? He How you doing? So, yeah. so flat considering what an exciting episode we have. Uh, I, I, you're, <laughs> you're saving the excitement, I'm sure, because today we are talking about two beloved games, uh, almost like cult, cult hits um, that have been gone for a while, now making their return with some long-awaited sequels. Of course, I'm talking about Psychonauts 2 and No More Heroes 3. Today's Ooh. very exciting lineup of uh, not quite indie games, but at some point they could be considered so. And I think they still I, fly the flag. I have been definitely wrestling with the concept of Psychonauts 2 as an indie game. And my justification is, so So obviously the big issue is Double Fine was bought by Microsoft. They're now one of the Xbox game studios, you know, in that stable. Mm-hmm. But Psychonauts 2 started development with a crowdfunding campaign on Fig, which to my mind, it's indie, baby. That's, <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah. How long ago did, was, was Psychonauts 2 crowdfunded? 2015. Wow. And did you sign up for it? Yes. I believe. No, actually, no, I didn't. I missed that one. Um, cause what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Cause it's, uh, would that be a kick in the teeth if you, it's now on, on game pass and everyone just gets it? Um, well, it was one of those weird things that when they announced that double fine was going to Xbox, there was a big kind of uproar from PlayStation owners who were like, we funded this game and it's promised to us. And now it's only going to be an Xbox and double fine had to be like, no, no, no. Everybody who funded this, you still get all the things you, you got with, with crowdfunding. It's still coming to PlayStation it's all good. I think I think beyond people who crowdfunded it, getting the game like requested, it going on Xbox Game Pass, I don't think that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Particularly since it's a case of like, well, hurry up and set up your own game streaming platform, PlayStation. Like <laughs> what what are they meant to do about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, also Sony, you could have bought Double Fine. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is out on everything, right? Psychonauts 2. I'm, Yes, well, with the exception of Switch, it's out on, I'm pretty sure it's out now on PlayStation, uh, Xbox definitely, because I'm playing it on Game Pass, 
um, and PC. Let me just double check on that. I got it here because for I you. Because I, I don't want to get angry emails from listeners being like, it's on Linux, you prick. It, it is. It's on, it's on PC <laughs> and Windows and Mac. Oh, sweet. Yep. Okay. So just Linux. just switch, switch is the sore thumb in this instance. Well, luckily, I've got No More Heroes 3, which, John, is a Switch exclusive. So I'll be talking about Ooh. that later. That is the uh, Suda51 written and directed uh, video game, the fourth in the No More Heroes series. Um, it's been uh, developed and published by, I believe, his studio, which is... Um, uh, is Grasshopper Interactive, I, think, I believe it's yes. called? Yes. Yeah, um, he's Grasshopper. And... I think it's actually published by by Nintendo here in Australia, in, in Australia and Europe, so that's where I'm wow. like, oh, is this an indie game? But I don't know. Grasshopper Manufacture is the name of Suda Fifty One's um, publishing that's right, yeah. and uh, and development uh, studio. I'm looking forward to talking about it because it is like such a punk game, and I think aesthetically, both these games, even though they may have much bigger budgets and a lot more support and bigger teams than uh, your average indie game that we talk about on the podcast has, I think they definitely, as I said earlier, fly the indie flag. Yeah. Um, is there any news you want to want to hit on before we go straight into the reviews? Um, Gamescom, Gamescom is currently happening at the moment. Uh, I, you I, yourself? It, it complete... No, you, you, can you hear me? Levin's come in. Hold on, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep, turns out I muted you. <laughs> right. <laughs> leave it in. we got to leave it Perfect. in, man. This this is a warts and all podcast. Um, yeah, games comes out at the moment. I haven't, like, it just, I just remembered then, because a few days ago I was like, games comes here, i got to talk about it on the pod. Um, the only two things that have sprung out to me thus far are um, Sifu got a new trailer. So Sifu is like this, crazy martial arts brawler style game yep. that looks really cool and there's another one called i think midnight fight express um which is like a, a isometric game that just looks crazy it's like a massive it's like an old school brawler you have to fight your way across the city it looks so rad um but yeah, I, I, I realize that I have let the team down. Have you seen anything from Gamescom? Um, I mean, again, this straddles the line of is this an indie game or not, but the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, which has been developed by yeah. Dotemu, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. We got a new trailer from that. Uh, it's been developed by Tribute Games and published by Dotemu. Um, and uh, we found out that you can play as April O'Neil, which is... Uh, oh. Rad. Sick, great, yeah. Her, her movie set looks great. God, the animations for that game, like, yeah, like just like uh, Midnight Run Express or whatever it was called. Fight Express, yeah. Uh, a beautiful brawler um, with incredible visuals. So, looking forward to, to both of those. So it's been a uh, from where from where we're sitting, it's a great Gamescom for brawlers this year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think I definitely want to go in and, and have a look at maybe on next week's pod. I'll do a breakdown of everything that's that's really cool i've just been my my brain at the moment is just like all it does is mutter play psychonauts 2 play psychonauts 2 over and over again uh yeah uh, it's it's great uh, how often i see 16 tacos is online uh, popping up on my watch i'm just like man this it, this guy is uh gonna destroy this game before i before i even get to the halfway point my, my guess is 7 30 every morning and then around eight ish nine ish every night yep yep pretty much that is when the baby is asleep <laughs> and I'm not. So let's talk about our histories with Psychonauts. Um, this is, uh, I think, one of the most famous double fine games. Certainly, like, once they go post, like, point and click adventure, 
Yeah. Um, Double Fine Adventure. So sorry, Double Fine Games in general. I definitely at one point was your favorite studio, right, John? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fair. Um, I mean, a lot of it came from just the culture of the studio. Like on their website, they had four of their artists doing, um, like they had web comics. So four of their art team were running web comics on the site. And I used to check in, you know, every couple of days and read the new comics. And it just seemed like, so, like Tim Schafer is such a cool studio head. And it was just one of those like, man, I just really like the vibe of this place. It seems cool. Like you say, Psychonauts is definitely the biggest, uh, I think the most culturally recognized game they've done. Yeah, it's the game that, uh, that he worked on, that Schaefer worked on immediately after he finished uh, production of Grim Fandango, the last uh, LucasArts game that he worked on. So, yeah, so it was it was their launch game essentially for the studio. Um, and then I think maybe the second biggest one is um, Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend with Jack Black. Yeah. Also, I mean, a game that definitely it, it threw a lot of ideas together that maybe didn't mesh properly, but I still think a really fun, really strong game. Yeah, if that if that appeared on, on Game Pass, I would definitely give that another shot. I, I played both Brutal Legend and... I think I played Brutal Legend on the PS3, but then I, I, I got the PS2 version of Psychonauts, the original Psychonauts. And um, I played considerably more Psychonauts than Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend has, hits a point where you think you're used to this like big open world, um, hack and slash style, like you know metal themed game, and then it becomes like a um, uh, like a strategy game, an RTS, RTS. game essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I'd never like it- I'd never played one of those before, and I was not ready to to start. And it tries to it tries to marry the hack and slash and the RTS during battles, and if you ignore one you suffer because of it. Like if you spend too much time in RTS, you suffer because you're a very powerful character and you're not down there kicking ass and taking names. Mm -hmm. But if you're too busy doing that, you lose on the RTS side. And it's just, like I say, it's an idea that they tested out and it maybe didn't work so well, but there's so much to love about Brutal Legend. I think like it's very funny. It's a very cool setting. Roaming around this open world is really rad. Like, um, I mean, like above and beyond. Oh, I, th- I guess another another reason that Double Fine's name is on the map is they were one of the first really huge crowdfunding success stories. And was that with Psychonauts too? No, that was with Broken Age. Oh yeah. So Broken Age was Tim Schafer was like, "Look, I want to go back to the old days. I want to make a point and click adventure again." Obviously, no publisher in their right mind wants to deal with a point-and-click adventure. You know, it's commercially a nightmare for them. So they took it to Kickstarter, and it was one of those insane, like, they broke a million dollars in the first 24 hours <laughs> kind of things. Like, yep. I remember the news at the time, and, and I think even, at, like, this was years and years ago. I think Broken Age came out in 2014, so it would have been around, like, 2011 when this stuff was happening. And I can remember being at work and like refreshing their Kickstarter page and watching the the amount climb and climb and climb and going like, holy shit, this is what is happening here. This is insane that someone is getting like, because prior to that Kickstarter was like, oh, I need $5,000 to make wallets out of banana leather kind of thing. <laughs> so this was like one of the first, oh, you know, I've got like a, a five minute art film about this that I need $200 to make kind of thing. Sure, so this yeah. was one of the first like insane Kickstarter success stories. Uh, the game itself, eh, 
I mean, it's not. It's it's looks lovely. I wouldn't say it's a, a groundbreaking kind of. It was groundbreaking in the way it was funded, but not necessarily the final product. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about that one either. My favorite, my favorite yeah. double fine game is definitely Costume Quest, a, yep. an RPG that they put out uh, set during Halloween, um, where you are like mixing and matching different Halloween costumes to level yourself up, and you've got to go trick or treating. So much fun. Did you play the second one? I don't think I did. Second one was pretty fun. Um, and there's a ton of other like smaller games in there um, that they either published as Double Fine or they had a hand in developing. Stuff like The Cave, Massive Chalice, uh, Iron Brigade, which was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that one on Xbox 360. Stacking, uh, Headlander. So they've, they've been, you know, this is a... This, Definitely an indie studio at heart. And like, yeah, they published um, uh, Knights and Bikes and Gang Beasts as well. Who wouldn't really yes. know that about them? Yeah, that yeah, was, that's right. They were double fine joints. So Psychonauts came out in 2005. My, I get a feeling, and this is a horrible thing to admit on a podcast, but I'm pretty sure I had a pirate copy of it. Yeah, I, I reckon you did. <laughs> like this is uh, this was back when I did not have a lot of goddamn money. Um, and also I don't like the digital distribution wasn't the best at this point in time. So no, especially in Australia. I had no, where did you buy PC games in Australia? Like I knew where you could get Quake, but <laughs> like your average PC shop would sell a, a game that big, but yeah. smaller niche titles like this, I've, I'd, unless you guess wrote away for them to, to be, did to be games sent here. Wizard exist during <laughs> this time. There's always like a very, um, neglected area of, of, of game shops with a couple of PC games in them, but I, I can't say I ever saw a double fine game on the, on those shelves. But, yeah, true. But a PlayStation Two cop version was available. I, I paid a lot of money to play it from. Uh, I bought it from JB Hi-Fi, and whenever it was released for play for PlayStation Two, and I made it pretty far through. Um, of course, you are playing as Rasputin, a young kid who wants to become a psychonaut. This uh, mm. this group of uh, of basically spies with with like psionic abilities yeah and he's been reading their comics uh, his whole life and and, and, yeah. and he's like a big comic book dork but also finds out that he has psychic powers as well um thankfully uh psychonauts 2 gives you a pretty long and lengthy explanation of everything that happened in the first game without ever being tiresome so i was able to well, jump not in even and- not not just the first game it also covers the the vr rhombus of ruin oh wow cool which was good because that was created as like a bridge between the first game and the second game what did that come out on um playstation vr i think yeah and right maybe maybe just vr in general um, I definitely remember it for PlayStation VR. Yeah, there it is. You are correct. Which, for which was Oculus Rift, as... Vive, and yeah. um, and play. Oh, it's... I think it's just on PlayStation Four, so it's not even PSVR. Okay, wild. <laughs> um, yeah, when it was when it was because I think it was primarily a VR game, um, and it was one of those like. No, nope, I'm wrong. Sorry, like, PlayStation oh. VR. Sorry. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I was like, well, never going to play that one, or at least not not for a very long time. So I definitely appreciate it. And look, to be honest, it has been a long time since I have played the original Psychonauts. So I definitely appreciated having that, like, that here's a quick rundown of all the major points from the first game and also this game you haven't played to set you up for this game. Yes. Um, the so, It took a yeah. while for this game to get going, the second one. I was like, hey, kids, let's play Psychonauts 2. Because even though I was like, oh, last week, maybe I'll play it. I don't know. The incredibly good reviews were just too, they were too good to ignore. 
Um, sure. This has gotten an insanely positive uh, response from critics. Even people that aren't fans of like the uh, 3D platformer genre have kind of shown a lot of respect to what this game is trying to do. Um, and I, I knew I had to at least give it a shot before we recorded. Um, and this game it has taken over this house's life. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like I feel like every week there's a new yeah. game that your whole family is obsessed with. We got really, really far. Like the, so much of this year passed without me with me just kind of going like, "What is the next game that I'm going to actually care about?" Um, mm. And then I feel like we I feel like we get one every every week or so now, which is exciting, but also overwhelming. Sure. So you said you said you found it a bit like. I guess to to set it up, so the beginning of number two, after the events of number one, which is where you kind of stop an evil madman as a, um, you know, at, at this summer camp for psychically gifted children called Whispering Pines, you, during Romus of Ruin, from what I learned during the thing, you are whisked away with Psychonauts agents to help free the head of the Psychonauts from the clutches of another evil mastermind. Number two, you arrive at Psychonauts headquarters thinking, hell yeah, I've just done these two huge missions. I'm going to be a Psychonauts agent. This is great. And are immediately told by the deputy head of the Psychonauts, Agent Hollis Forsyth, nope, you're in the intern program. And so, yeah, you have to work your way up. So it's cool. It kind of has all of the, um, you know, your, your leveling up system, but you're not just leveling up, up your character. You're, you're leveling, leveling up in the intern system. Yeah. Um, which is a fun... like. Almost all typical game mechanics are given a fun spin on this, like from yeah mechanics like leveling up through to enemies, um, because the 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 way that this game is played is like yeah you have like this big hub world that you explore in this case it's the headquarters, and then when you go on missions more often than not you're actually venturing inside people's heads and those are the incredibly creative platforming levels uh, depending on how. Uh, deranged the person's head you're inside is, um, the the more deranged the level will be. Yeah, so the first... The, I mean, I think it's straight off the bat. You start in the head of the insane mastermind that you, you beat in the first game because mm-hmm. you're trying to find out essentially who... You, some Somewhere in Rhombus of Ruin, people must... Like, it must have been realised, like... Oh, he wasn't acting alone. Someone sent him to do this. So you're trying to find out who it was. And so the opening levels of this game are you going through. It's actually it's actually really cool and creative because the agents have set up a mental construct of like a corporate office. And to try get the information out of him, it's like the evil mastermind whose name is Loboto. It's like, Loboto, you're an employee of the month. You get an all-expenses trip to Hawaii. All you need to do is get your boss to sign off on your time away. Just tell us who your boss is and we'll get it signed for you. And so he realizes what's going on. And the psychic construct and his own brain start to like mash together. So he's this insane dentist. So you wind up with this world that's like part corporate office and part like horrendous tooth-filled nightmare world essentially yeah a zipper where every every like tooth in the, the zipper te- is is an actual tooth is a tooth and like giant teeth and gums everywhere and crazily enough you know last week's episode with 12 minutes we discussed how there wasn't a content warning psychonauts 2 starts with a content warning and one of the pieces of the content warning is if you have a fear of teeth <laughs> you're not going to enjoy this kid like you might have trouble with this game which i was like man am i gonna 
am I going to like kill my wife at some point during this game? And <laughs> they just skipped over. No, you're just, just going to pull her teeth out. Oh, great! But from the get go, I was like reminded of how creative the environment kind of you know the design of the environments and the building of the environments was in the first game and at the same time like stunned by oh shit it's that kind of creativity but with 2021 technology yeah because i think in spite of how creative and fun that game are or our memories of that game that first game are graphically that game has dated a lot Oh, yes. As, as yeah. almost every game that was came out in 2005 has. But I think uh, Ugly comes to mind, as I recall, what that game looks like. And it's a hard one to... Like, I know Angus, who who I do Hey Fam with, like, just refuses to even give Psychonauts to a, 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 a look because he's known that game for the last 20 years as this insanely ugly <laughs> platformer. But... Uh... Angus, you idiot! Play this goddamn game. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really enjoyable, but I do understand like the the aversion. Like you know, Raz is a pretty disgusting looking character. Like, do you remember that that show Rocket Power? No, it was like a like a very late, uh, maybe sorry, early two thousands uh, Nickelodeon show. Um, but th- th- I think all the characters in this have they're somewhere between like Henry Selick. like you know, Nightmare Before Christmas creations, sure, yeah, Nickelodeon cartoon and Muppet. That's where that's where all the characters kind of fall on, on in the spectrum. Yeah, they're very they're very cartoony for human beings. Essentially, I will I will pay that. And I think some of the some of the close ups are slightly grotesque, but I wouldn't say like massively off putting. The the girl Lily. It's mostly like a lot of the close ups when with the voice, um, like the voice acting itself is excellent, but the um, mm. the the lip syncing, the like the mouth is kind of like. Don't even open and shut. They just kind of move. I don't know. It's 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 off putting. <laughs> but I would say not enough to turn you away no, from the game. No, well, I if mean, I, I mean, you know, you stop playing Psychonauts <laughs> too. Because not me. Of the, yeah. Um, I will say this: a lot of the like the I have a deep love for the character designs in Psychonauts and Psychonauts too. No, me too. But I think one it's, of the yeah. one of the one of the big things with the original Psychonauts is that was the game that introduced me to the double fine artist Scott Campbell or Scott C. Mm-hmm. And I have since been like, he is the number one artist that I uh, like, what's what's the word where you just buy something without thinking on about it? Impulsive. Impulse, yeah. I, I have impulse purchased so much of his art over the years now because of Psychonauts, the original Psychonauts. So to see like, all of his art again in this really oh, polished yeah, the, 2020 format. Because this game, oh. like the walls of your house, is just a celebration of his art. There's, there's yes. so many. All the collectibles are just like like one of the collectibles is just just pretty much sketches his, of his just floating in the air. You've got to collect. Yeah. yeah, and I love that so much. Speaking of the collectibles, oh man, I am like, I I jumped in because they're definitely they have some of the collectibles from the original game. So the the doodles we were talking about are called figments of imagination. They have the mental vaults. They have the emotional baggage, which are like little crying bags where you have to find a bag tag that matches what they are. Yep. They've added uh, half a mind, which is where you need to find two halves of a brain. Yep. Uh, there's like a couple of others that they've thrown in there as well. But my God, this is like. 
this is collectible central and I am loving that element of it. Yeah, and it you know, there's there's reasons to collect everything. You you can you level up yourself in so many different ways by collecting all the different things that you can that you can find in in the in each level. Um everything's like there yeah, there's so many like very video game things that are happening in this game, but they're all well thought out like in terms of like giving them a reason to exist in this world. Yeah. Um, all the all the enemies are great as well because they all speak to like elements of the mind. Okay, um, so imagine my son Archie, who he's a very very bright kid who is so frequently undone by his own emotions. Um, he's extremely uh, empathetic to like he can't watch movies, for example, because as soon as a character, the main character, does something that he wouldn't do, he freaks out. Like if a character ever steals or breaks something, he'll be like, "Oh, but I wouldn't do that. Like, I, like, why would I? I'm not doing this. I didn't want to do this." And right. uh, and then he also has like he he is very very hard on himself when um, when he when something goes wrong or he's been asked to do something and he forgets to do it. He'll, he'll he takes it out very very like he's very hard on himself. And so for them to be physical manifestations of regrets in this game that are enemies and the, and the regrets carry big weights that they drop on you. So like right. it's a regret weighing down on you and you can beat the shit out of that regret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I actually think it's making a good impression on him and like helping him grapple with the things that weigh on someone's mind. That's, that's amazing. Hmm. Cheaper than therapy. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to spend so much on that after this lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so how how far along are you? I'm only at the casino, so I would say I'm maybe like three hours in. Okay, okay, cool. I, I just finished the casino like last night or something. Or no, I did the final casino boss battle with Olive on my knee yesterday morning. Yes. Quick, quick, quick update about Olive. Oh boy, she wants to put the Xbox controller in her mouth. Understandable. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, such a nice controller. Get her a pro. Th- get her an, an Xbox Elite controller series two. So rubbery and textured. <laughs> and you could re- you it. could remove all the bits and she can choke on them. Perfect. <laughs> I but I'm like I'm trying to do this boss battle and her head is just lowering and lowering and lowering <laughs> towards the controller and I'm like ah, sit back up. You cannot suck on this. That's great. Like this is a seven-year-old controller. You will get all the diseases and you will die if you put your if you put your lips on this. Please do not do that. Um, but yeah, I like just just like the the great thing about the casino level is, and this is one of the first in the game, so I don't think I'm spoiling too much. Is the casino level starts as a hospital level because you have gone into someone's mind who used to be like work in a hospital. Yep. And the whole point of that kind of level is demonstrating a new power that you have in the game where you can create mental connections between ideas. And you can actually, like, hop into an idea and change the mental connection. So in this instance, it goes from, like, it connects the idea of money, which was connected to risk. You can connect it from, like, money to opportunity, or risk to opportunity. Yeah, no, because so yeah, basically, like your the your teacher won't let you go on a mission, a proper mission, mm. because um, she sees risk leading to death. So then yes. you can go into her mind, find the risk mind cloud, and rewire it basically by jumping from it from one to another, and you can change it so she then associates risk with money. So if you take a risk, oh no, w- risk with opportunity. It's money, no, because because she has problems with um. Oh yes, okay. Um, That's right. They have budget problems, yep. 
And the thing is, she then, she then, you back in the real world, she's suddenly like, yes, kids, we can go because the mission's taking place in a casino. And when you realize she's kind of gone off the rails and you return to her mind again, the hospital has now become a casino. <laughs> but the design is fantastic in it. Like, it's this neon clad, like, just looks stunning to play through well i mean when i think casino and video game my mind immediately goes to grim fandango another tim okay. schaefer joint how does the, that that casino level uh hold up to this one uh well it's 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 funny because it's such a different yeah, like totally. the, oh, cas- yeah. the casino in grim fandango is very much casablanca mm-hmm. whereas this is very much like heyday las vegas like you know neon nightmare kind of thing yep um, but yeah, all of the, like the, all of the little things you've got to do, like the little areas and, and submissions you've got to go on in this casino level are so much fun. Um, you know, and I've got one eye on doing them and one eye on nailing as many collectibles as I can find. Uh, it's funny. I was like, I was thinking to myself, I've got to keep moving through this game. Obviously I've got limited time to play it. I need to, I need to like make progress. But after the casino mission, you unlock the collective unconscious, which is the thing that allows you to go back to previous levels. Amazing, great. And I was just like, I was like, I've got to keep moving. Got to, nope, I'm going back to the opening level because there were so many things I saw that I couldn't access, but now can because I have the power for it. Let's go. Yeah, there's uh, even just like from the early stage of the game, like we didn't start any of the missions until we explored every area of the headquarters and, and you know, got all the cards, bought a bunch of upgrades from the vending machine. Like there's so sure. much to do. Yes. I still haven't like, there's there's bits of the hub world I haven't visited yet. I haven't gone to the bowling alley, for instance. Like the, the hairdresser. I definitely, should, I definitely should spend some time exploring there, but I was so just like, let's get this, let's get this cranking. I, I can't get a haircut in the real world during lockdown, but it looks like I'll be able to get a haircut in Psychonauts too. So the, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, based on the number of doors that are in the collective unconscious, it looks like there's going to be a ton of like brain-based missions in this game, which I'm so excited about because that's where like the real creativity kicks in. Yeah, totally. I, I think I have to say that the, the hub world in this is is infinitely more interesting than the hub world in the first game was. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, much, much more like realized and living world. And like gives you a an idea of how much scope this game has very very quickly whereas yes. i think i i've i meandered through um through the first psychonauts game for a long time going like oh when is something cool going to happen in this game yeah summer camp not the greatest setting but um i just remember like i kept trying to take on those weird bears with the big red red arms above their heads oh sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah look i'm i'm loving psychonauts too it is simultaneously like an amazingly nostalgic experience and also such a fresh and new experience. Um, I'm, I'm loving this continuation of story. I think it's got so much heart in the way that the, um, that the first game did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll definitely, you'll definitely want Archie with you when you finish the casino mission and unlock the collective unconscious, because there's a little cutscene before that where Raz kind of has to like, Raz and another character have a discussion about how he transgressed and and that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah, because Archie um, was not super excited to uh, to to change the way his teacher thought about certain things by meddling with her mind. <laughs> yeah, so he definitely Raz gets called out on that in a big way, uh, which I think will be a good like like kind of. Um, Closure for for Archie on those feelings. Yeah, Archie doesn't really need um, lesson. Uh, the only lesson Archie needs to learn is that it's okay to, to make mistakes and you don't need to be so hard on yourself. But I, I don't. Definitely I, a lesson. That's definitely another lesson that is is taught to Raz okay, in, cool. the, in the in after that that whole experience. I, I was hoping he would just get that from seeing me die repeatedly in every video game we play and still get <laughs> up and, and 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 go back for more. But no, the only lesson he learns from that is that his dad sucks at video games. <laughs> Yeah, I'm better than he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Why are you dying so much, Dad? Right, I'm loading up Duck Game. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's time to own you. Um, so, yeah. yeah, now this means that uh, Archie and I are, 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 like, you know, midway through and cannot continue playing until both of us are present. Um, so, like, I reckon we play maybe two hours of video games a week <laughs> if we're God. lucky. So, oh. we are trying to make our way through Chicory, Dodgeball Academia, um, Psychonauts 2, and Garden Story. And they are all like well over 10, 15 hours in length. And Psychonauts 2, I know I won't let myself just, you know, just complete it. I'll need to fully... I don't know what I'm going to do, John. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be so mad at me if I finish any of that game without him there. I think what you need to do is... your, Your best bet at this time is... And this is a bit devious, but... Because you're not that far into the game, set up another account on your Xbox, start the game there, get up to roughly where you are now, and then on your account, play through the game as much as you can, and then you can always hop back onto the you and Archie account and play from where Archie is. Oh, yeah, but no, I I don't actually get that much time to play on my own either. Fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you with that. Yeah, but I'd like to. I would like to point out. I think what I just laid out is a pretty good solution to the I can play faster than Archie can play. Yeah, true. Problem. Very true. So that's Psychonauts two. A uh, huge thumbs up. Big, big, big time thumbs up. Massive surprise that like yeah, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like I'm playing a clunky old game. It definitely feels like I'm playing a game with older aesthetics, but it feels like a modern game to play. That's for sure. I will. My my one gripe, actually, you know. So it's not all sunshines and lollipops. The combat feels a bit clunky. For me, it's that um, they didn't figure out a way to map every move to its own button. Um, yeah, so having to, yeah, I, it can be hard to hot switch during combat. But yeah, I wish there was a better way to do that. Even, even like the your simple melee, and I guess this is it's just it's me learning how to play the game properly. But the fact that punching enemies doesn't stagger them yeah so i'll be like midway through a combo and one of the enemies which are like these little guys called sensors they can attack me midway through a combo and in my mind i'm just like no they shouldn't be able to attack me until i finish attacking them essentially yeah i want a dodge button there is a dodge button oh is that cool yeah press b in a direction and you'll dodge in that direction perfect there is they add on a move when you level up melee. They add on a move where if you press attack during a dodge, you will attack at the end of that dodge. Mm-hmm. But you attack in the direction that you're going in the dodge, not the direction you came from. Right. And I'm kind of like, if I'm dodging away from something, I want to attack it on the way out. I don't want to like arrive somewhere and then do an attack, which is another tiny thing that I'm like, that's a weird decision. But 
you know, I'm I'm not throwing my controller down in disgust and being like, oh, zero out of ten. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's yeah, that's Psychonauts two. We're really enjoying it. I guess we'll be uh, we'll, we'll be chiming in once we've played more of it over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, let's hear a word from our sponsors and come back with a review of No More Heroes three. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks, sponsors. So love your sponsors. Psychonauts two came out in two thousand and five, and two years after that, in two thousand and seven, No More Heroes came out on the Wii, a game that followed Travis Touchdown, um, who as he like fought his way through the ten best assassins, um, and it then um, we got a sequel to it, uh, No More Heroes two: Desperate Struggle, uh, also on the Wii. Um, more recently, in two thousand nineteen, they released a. Uh, very different gameplay wise, because yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a hack and slash kind of style game, and they changed the um it made it made it like an isometric game that had a lot of tie-ins to different indie games uh, called Travis Strikes Again, um, that came yeah. out twenty nineteen and had mixed reception. But the first two games are like beloved, um, they're like have a, a huge cult following, and uh, Suda Fifty One is the man responsible for them. Again, another person with uh, an insane cult following. Um, a Killer Seven, I guess, is his like most beloved game, and No More Heroes is uh, is quite hot on the the, the heels there. Uh, so yeah, No More Heroes Three has been a game that we uh, saw announced a few years ago as a Switch game. Uh, it's been appearing in various Nintendo Directs since then. It always looks a little bit rough, but part of the 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 joy of these games is 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 the punk aesthetic, how how rough around the edges they are, and how what a what a great game with nutty writing it is as its core, with all this insanity around it. Um, I've played. A few hours. I've beaten like three of the of the of the assassins in the first game, and I've fucked around for a little bit in the second game. I am by no means an expert on this franchise, but it is one of those franchises that I have like this searing regret that like, oh damn it, one day you got to you got to you got to understand what it's like to live a life uh, like like Travis Touchdown Levens. You got to play all those No More Heroes games so you can understand the struggle. Um, but whatever, I, I didn't heed my that that those those thoughts in the back of my mind. Instead, I went in. Um, just a couple days after No More Heroes 3 came out and played the first two hours of the game last night. Um, wanting to compare it, because I think there are a lot of like fun comparison points between this game and Psychonauts 2. Um, I guess, you know, Suda51 and Tim Schafer have very similar 
uh, career trajectories um, and the fact that they do things on their own now. Both um, Tim Schafer and Suda51 have had their games released by so many different publishers. Like the No More Heroes series, considering there are only four four games in the in the series, the publishers have been Marvelous Entertainment, Ubisoft, Rising Star Games, Konami, um, Xseed Games, and now his own studio, Grasshopper Manufacture. Um, oh and Nintendo, I guess, are helping out with this new one. Um, so yeah, this is a Switch exclusive. Um, it there was a little bit of controversy last week because they didn't release it with. Uh, they, they put a, re- a review embargo on it that oh, yeah. that didn't come up until the game had already been out for like half a day, which is which like is never a good sign. Huge red flag. Anyway, John, look, I really love Psychonauts two, and it is definitely the better game if we are comparing uh, No More Heroes three and and Psychonauts two on a purely gameplay uh, core, but. I cannot think of a game that has just blown my dick off in the first <laughs> hour more than No More Heroes 3 has. This game is so unashamedly insane. So sure. the game starts... Have you, do you know what the, like the voice of English actor who does Travis Touchdown's voice sounds like? He's just like, no. he's like, just like that quintessential, like edgy, like get the fuck out of here kind of like, <laughs> All right, kind of guy. Sure. Um, and so he's narrating it and he's talking about this game that he used to play, um, when he was younger called death man. And as he's, as he's talking about the narrate, as he's narrating it, you're, you're seeing footage of him first. It's like someone playing death man and then it kind of zooms out and he's watching YouTube cl- walkthroughs of this game as he's narrating it. He's saying, I remember finishing it, but I can't remember who Deathman was revealed to be at the end. And then you take control of the character fighting Deathman. And it is like a, like a throwback retro, like, you know, pre Nintendo game, like an, an Atari style game where sure. you are like, yeah, just like punching. And then you get a, a big pink sword that you use to attack Deathman um, as his enemies like amass around you. Um, and then you end up killing Deathman and then it cuts to a completely different scene. This like just unbelievable but completely unhinged narrative where we see um so i I guess apparently this is set eight years before the the first two no more heroes games this weird flashback and we have a young boy whose name is damon um who is launching like a rocket in the woods one night and he encounters a small injured uh, injured alien whose name is foo and he takes care of Fu and hides him from like the government agents that are looking for him, um, and ends up building a rocket to send Fu back to his pl- to his planet. They become best friends and like they're able to like communicate with this like weird alien power. Um, Fu leaves in the rocket just before doing so. He promises to Damon, "I'm going to return in 20 years." And so 20 years later is apparently two years after the events of Travis Strikes Again. And Damon, the kid, is now an adult and the CEO of a urban renewal company called Utopenia. And he's been able to get fame and success using the weird powers that the alien um, unlocked in his brain. Um, and so he suddenly excuses himself from a meeting because it has been exactly 20 years since he, he departed with uh, Fu. And then Fu returns, this enormous, blue, beautifully long-haired, muscular, dickhead alien. Um, <laughs> and Fu's like, hey, thank you, know, good to see you. What are you like? And then immediately he's talk- he talks about um, how they are going to take over the world. And Damon is like the CEO 
who's like, no, no, you can't do that. And he's completely powerless in, in, in stopping Fu from killing all of the, uh, the CEOs, all of the other, sorry, all the other like managers and stuff at, at Damon's, uh, board meeting. And basically he starts, he wants to have fun. So he starts a tournament where he challenges the heroes of earth because he realizes how much earth loves superheroes. He challenges the heroes of earth to beat his 10 best assassins. And so we go. Travis touchdown is back at it again. Um, and you have to, Basically, like yeah, the, the game. You're you're hanging out with two chicks in your in your house, and um, there's all these explosions outside, and then you start fighting aliens, and you take on the tenth, the tenth ranked assassin in Fu's uh, army. Um, you have a beam katana as your main weapon, yeah. um, and you, you can play it like you know with with motion controls. I was playing it handheld, and it works quite well. It is mostly like you know Y for a light attack, X for a strong attack, and then if you stun an enemy you can hit the um the joystick in the direction suggested on the screen and you will like you know do a finishing move which will often decapitate or slice your enemy in twain it's a lot of twain you say it is uh it is a very very stylish game in parts that frequently looks unbelievable like unlike any other game and then also will chug and like be disgusting to look at it's it is such a funny Thing that exists in 2021 um, I am not good At the boss fights Which are like the main reason you play this game I can't mm-hmm. tell if I'm good or I'm, or I'm Missing a part of it but it took me a long time Just to beat this first guy Whereas in the first game I was able to beat The 10th the, the, the boss like on my first try This one had me dying a few times Not because it was particularly difficult but like They're just like the the dodge Mechanics are just a little bit slow and clunky But you kind of have to embrace the jank in this game. Sure. Um, I still had a lot of fun. They're just there are moments where you're like, what am I doing wrong? And you don't know what you're doing wrong. Whereas in a game like, it's like, oh, maybe there is a little bit of that in Psychonauts 2 too, to be honest. But uh, there's never a level of like dying repeatedly so far in, in Psychonauts 2 that I've encountered. Whereas this throws one at you almost instantly. Sure. Um, Travis Touchdown is such a funny and likable character in spite of how like intentionally edgy he is i think it's like that similar kind of like bro force humor that like it shouldn't be as enjoyable as it is but it really resonates with me i think he's like i I would love to have a character like him in smash brothers i think he makes so much sense um but like sort of like like if duke nukem was good yeah but this does very like you know like to save in these games you go and sit down on a toilet and and then you save your game there, and that should be h- horrible, but I love it, <laughs> and I can't explain why. But it's just all part of what makes these games so special. I can't go to the toilet in lockdown, so I'm saving repeatedly in this game. Um, you like you yeah you you buy sushi or you sit down to a sushi meal uh, to power yourself up before a battle, and then you can buy takeaway sushi to eat during battle to um to give yourself uh, level ups. But so yeah, like the the the. The first boss you face, um, you you take on with your beam katana, and it is like a pretty like standard. He has like different phases. You're like hacking and slashing at him, and then dodging his attacks. Um, he has like two main phases to that fight. Then you think you've finished him, you've whittled him down to his health. Then you suddenly appear in this weird void where you have to like fall into these weird black pits that you were trying to avoid in the boss fight and that progresses you through to the end of that phase and then you put on 
I think it's called like Henshin or Henshin, Henshin armor. And you become like, you're in this big mech basically. And you are flying in this big mech. And that's the final stage of this battle where you're like doing these really clunky, hard to, difficult to understand. Like this, this game threw so much tutorial at you and you just like, okay. Like you've you've just told me what nine different buttons do in the space of 30 (laughs) seconds. I'm not going to remember a third of what you've just told me, but let's fucking go. Um, Yeah. So there's like yeah this mech fight in space where you have to fly and aim and shoot <laughs> and like finally then you die and then it gives you another cutscene and just it just it is it there are so many moments in that first hour and a half two hours that I played where I was just like what am I doing this is amazing <laughs> incredible I, and I think it it is a really really fun like the the game absolutely knows what it's doing i just had many moments where i had no idea what i was doing and i don't think that's a bad thing i think it's fun to be kind of taken on a ride like this and have i feel like games can be so predictable and this game is anything but that um a lot of like you know we said about the psychonauts 2 gameplay like having like outdated aesthetics maybe but executing them in a very modern feeling way uh besides like the storytelling i don't think there's anything particularly modern feeling about this game you are absolutely playing just like the next step in in a, in a Wii, a Wii attempt at an oh, open okay. world game. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like uh, they've kind of refined the 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 action or anything like that. But like, I mean, like true fans of the series probably are very happy about that. Um, this is a very unwelcoming game for new players, but I mean, you will have that feeling that I described of having no fucking idea what's going on tenfold if you <laughs> if this is the first time you've played a No More Heroes game. So hey, maybe go the fuck in. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, like, in spite of it looking, like, very clunky, janky, like, apparently there's a scene, there's a level where they, they bring back that, like, Nintendo 64 haze to hide how bad the um, the pop-in is. Um, oh, wow. I think it still looks pretty good on in handheld mode, um, so maybe that's the way to play it. I haven't tried it on my TV yet, uh, but I'm having a great time with it. I don't know how far into it I'm going to get, because as I mentioned before, I suck ass at beating the um, main assassins. Maybe I just need to watch some tutorial videos, because there's probably just something I'm not I'm not getting from the uh, the rapid-fire walls of text they give you, explaining sure. all the moves in, in, in 30 seconds before you go into a fight. Um, but maybe maybe you need to go old school and have like written notes next to you. Yeah, totally. So be like, what does B do? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like yeah, I bought all this sushi and I was like, you know, I had like one one thing of health left in this boss fight. And I'm like, how the fuck do I eat this sushi so I don't? Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm dead and I've got all this sushi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like monstrously fun game. It has not been getting. That favorable reviews, even fans of the series are giving it like six out of ten because I didn't even mention like once you've finished, once you've gotten through this big opening set piece, you, it's like a semi-open world game where you have to, in order to qualify for the next, the next fight, you have to raise a bunch of money and you do so by doing jobs in the community and all the jobs are different mini games. So nice. one of them is like you know, like shooting sharks and mowing lawns, things like that. <laughs> yeah, shooting sharks. Just your classic neighborhood yeah. chores, you know the things, the things we all grew up doing. Um, but <laughs> man, I, I, I'm, I'm, it was it was a thrill to have like an hour of Psychonauts and an hour of No More Heroes Three yesterday. Um, just a, a, a real testament to how much fun games can be, even if they're not necessarily as polished as they should be. I've always seen Suda Fifty One as like, and look, this is this is me not really knowing music that well as like. 
Hideo Kojima and Suda51 are like Kanye and Tyler the Creator. Like, they're both doing the same thing, but one of them is just having a ton of fun and being batshit about it. And, while... and not tweeting about how, how amazing he is at, at his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Suda, Suda51, I think, has one of the most fun reputations in game, uh, game development and game design, where he's just like, I've found my voice. Nothing's getting in the way of my voice. I'm just going to do what I do and and whatever. Like, have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, I love him. Uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of games in his line. I mean, obviously, I haven't even played all the No More Heroes games, but there's so much from his from his uh, back catalogue that I've, that I've never played a second of and I feel, I feel guilty about that. But, there's uh, one... I'm trying to remember one that Grasshopper Manufacturer did. I think it's called Let It Die. Right. Is that one of their games? Uh, yes, it is. Um, yeah, that was like that was their foray into doing like an online kind of game. Uh, it was a free, yeah, free action role playing game online. That was a weird one. I think I got to play some of it at like E three or one of the game game expos I went to overseas. But the my my one um, the one memory I have of it is fighting an enemy that's like a big conglomeration of corpses <laughs> and it would pull a corpse out of itself to use as a weapon. Yeah. And I was like, that's batshit insane. Yeah. What the fuck am I playing right now? This is crazy. Yeah, it really commits to the craziness and and this and its style. Like it it you see opening credits for this game like three times in the first hour. <laughs> Um, Amazing. But it's not in the same way that like Death Stranding does that too. But it's just it's just it just wants you to know that that Hideo Kojima made that game a million times. You don't see Suda Fifty One's name even once, I think, in in those credits, or maybe once, yeah. But man, God, what a what a just crazy time it was playing it last night. You know, ignoring all the work I have to do in the very limited window of time I get each day to do it, but having a ball, ignoring my responsibilities. Hell yeah. Love it. God bless video games. Amen. Um, so that is Psychonauts 2 and No More Heroes 3. Uh, Psychonauts 2, definitely the crowd pleaser. And uh, yeah. Suda51 doing whatever the fuck he wants. And if, if that's something that you want to, I, uh, I dare say you'll enjoy No More Heroes 3. Only for the real ones. Absolutely. Um, John, we have one email which we can go through. This is from... Uh, Love it. Uh, who's it coming from? Uh, Patrick. Patrick is emailing us. He says, Yo, Levens and Valenzuela, I have yet another set of game recommendations for you guys at all the small games. Um, He recommends Astalon, Tears of the Earth, a Metroidvania platformer set in a fantasy world where you enter a massive tower to defeat Gorgon Lords. Originally, you can switch between (laughs) three heroes plus two hidden characters who have different abilities to get past certain puzzles and areas. The pixel, okay. the pixel art is quite retro and quite beautiful, and it is easily one of Patrick's games of the year, along with Loop Hero, clocking in at Wild. over 20 hours easily. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. Astalon, Tears of the Earth. I've never heard of that. I kind like, of hate the name. Astalon. To be, to be honest, but the way he describes it does sound very dope. Um, so that is, yeah, I'm trying to see what it's, what it's on. It's out on switch and 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 pc and and xbox and playstation wow how have i never heard of this okay interesting i'll check that out thank you for the recommendation patrick uh we also have um i recall levin saying near the end of the last episode that he misses games that don't take a lot of time to finish 
Alba, a wildlife adventure, is a very chill 3D platformer. Ooh, love it. Yeah, Archie and I were playing this on his iPad a while ago, um, where you play as a little girl exploring a fictional South American island while visiting her grandparents. You take pictures of all the exotic wildlife and perform various acts of conservation, all while trying to save the island from a land developer attempting to build a resort that will destroy the wildlife. It clocks in at around five hours and was a very enjoyable experience. I highly recommend. I personally feel the only downside was its brevity, like literally the only things I wanted to play I only want uh, only things I wanted was to play more of the game. P.S. Congratulations, John, on becoming a father. He's Thank your full you. name. Congratulations to John Valenzuela on becoming a father, not the other John. <laughs> um, <laughs> and thanks as always to bringing the news on all the excellent Indian games out there. Stay cool, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, you stay cool too. I'm going to hit you back with an invite to our Discord. And if anyone else would like one, all you need to do is email us all the small games at gmail.com. You can join our our burgeoning. Uh, indie game community over at discord and uh, if you want more all the small games in your life it's about to be a brand new month there is no better time to sign up to our patreon and uh get access to the uh almost dozen hours of of uh bonus content we've recorded uh for for our patreon we've done a uh, several games of the month uh specials we've done one on bastion we did one on the Stanley Parable. Uh, Stanley Parable, yep. And we did one on... On VVV. VVV. Cool, and coming out very soon. We need to do Inside, possibly even this week. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we also have done something that I, I, I love doing every month, and we might even make it more regular, depending on how everyone in the Discord feels. But uh, John and I have been doing these bonus episodes called All the Other Things, where we talk about uh, other things we've been enjoying outside of the indie game world. Um, sometimes it'll be very big games, like uh, the most recent episode had me talking about Forza Horizon 4. Um, and uh, John took it upon himself to review every single season of The Nanny in that episode, because we talk <laughs> yeah. about TV and movies as well. It looks like we'll be reviewing um, a new webcomic in the next episode. Hell yeah. By one of Looking our favorite uh, web cartoonists, uh, Alec Robbins. Uh, he of Mr. Boop fame. And uh, who knows what else. But uh, if that sounds very interesting to you, there's a few episodes there for you to check out. It's all at patreon.com slash all the small games. It's $5 a month. And like I said, the best time to sign up is at the beginning of the month because then you have the entire rest of the month to get through all that content and not have to worry about us charging you for a... Well, we don't charge, but Patreon charging you for a second month. And if you decide it's not for you, well, you can just fuck off and die. Uh, or, I mean, you can... Uh, sorry, you can uh, you can delete your patronage. It's that yes. easy. And die. <laughs> uh, Amazing. But we would love your support. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and uh, for even considering supporting us. Uh, it's a very grim time in, in Sydney at the moment. We have no idea when we're getting out of lockdown. And we miss our families and we miss seeing each other in person. But yeah. video games are getting us through and the support of the community is too. So thank you so much for that. You can, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash all the small games or you can join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash all the small games at all the small game on Twitter and individually. John is 16 tacos. I am at levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G um, on Instagram and Twitter. John, do you know what else I launched in the last week? What? A YouTube channel. Oh, of course. Um, if you go to youtube.com slash Levens, uh, you can find several videos there that I have recorded with my children. Um, Archie, who gets frequently brought up in the podcast, has started reviewing board games with me. And we actually reviewed a board game that was giving to, given to us by a listener of this very podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, head over to youtube.com slash Levens. You also find us uh, unboxing uh, subscription boxes from Japan. We've done a few of those. And uh, building Gundam. 
and very soon I'll be doing some longer form videos that uh, will be about indie games at one point. Uh, I've got a few Ooh. cool things planned uh, over on that channel. So I'd love to see you subscribe over there. It's youtube.com slash Levens. Also, final plug, and John, you can you can take the lead from here if you've got anything you plug after this. I know I've been going for a while. Uh, my third kids book came out today, um, and it is called Nelson, Eggplants, and Dinosaurs. Um, it is another book uh, about the adventures of Nelson Hunter, a boy who hates vegetables, but learns that whenever he eats them, they give him different superpowers. Um, and so the first book was called Pumpkins and Aliens. He eats pumpkin, he gets strong, he fights aliens. Uh, second one was called Broccoli and Spy. He eats broccoli, he turns invisible, he fights spies. This one, Eggplants and Dinosaurs, he eats eggplants, he turns into a dinosaur and has Whoa. to fight robots. Hell yeah. It's ton- if you like my, dan- my dumb jokes on this podcast, there's tons of them in every book. And uh, I will put information on where you could buy those books. They come- they're released um, through Penguin in Australia. And they are in- available internationally too. So I'll put all that information in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. John, you want to plug anything? Man, I just want to plug that my daughter Olive is a huge cutie. All right. She's four, she's four months old. She got her second shots yesterday. It was dope. Wow, she got the, uh, the Pfizer. <laughs> Second Pfizer shot. <laughs> she got she got one thigh Pfizer, one thigh AstraZeneca. We're, do, we're doubling up. Amen. Sick. Well, that is a beautiful episode with a beautiful boy named John Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.